0: Episode 43, how to enjoy travel with kids. This is the Expat Mom Podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host, Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters, and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships and increase your confidence. Welcome back to the podcast this month. We are going to be focusing on parenting topics as we're coming into summer and kids are out of school. A lot of families tend to travel. And especially this year, as COVID is letting up, many families are excited to get out and about. Our family is moving back to the U.S. for a year, and we are planning a cross-country road trip. Planning it has reminded me of some of the amazing trips that we've had as a family and some of the not-so-amazing trips that our family has taken. When our oldest kids were four and two, we took a family trip to Thailand. We were living in China at the time, and we thought it would be so fun to take our kids to the beach in Phuket. But we also wanted to see the elephants in Chiang Mai. And of course, how could you go to Thailand without seeing the royal palace in Bangkok? But in order to visit all of these places, it meant multiple flights, multiple hotels, and a lot of traveling and changing. It was a miserable trip. We spent most of the time doing bathroom trips, trying to get kids to nap, dragging them through airports, stopping for snacks and water, dealing with tantrums going to 7-Eleven for Oreos since the kids refused to eat the amazing Thai food and sitting in a hotel bathroom while our kids fell asleep in a dark hotel room. We did enjoy seeing elephants and playing on the beach a bit, but our expectation that we could hit three cities in eight days with two young kids was way too ambitious of a pace. Afterward, my husband and I both wondered if it was worth it. We swore off international travel for a while until our kids were older. We've since had some wonderful trips with our kids all over the world, but sometimes as parents, it can be easy to wonder if it's worth it to travel with kids. It can feel exhausting, packing and unpacking, taking care of everyone's needs, dealing with whining and tantrums, kids off their normal sleep schedule and more today. We're going to address how to enjoy traveling with kids. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a free resource that I offer. I know moms are busy, but I also know that they want to be emotionally healthy. And they want their kids to be healthy too. Each week, I send a short tip or tool to help you and your family improve your emotional health, your relationships, and to have more fun. I carefully craft it to be read in about a minute. I call it One Minute Wisdom. I wanted to share something one expat mom shared about this resource. She said, I've been reading the One Minute Wisdoms this month and listening to the emotion coaching series. I have started this practice with my oldest, who's about to turn four. Thank you so much for your advice. It has helped me feel empowered as I approach parenting my daughter. I'm so thankful for this mom taking time to share about her success with her daughter, applying the emotion coaching tools. If you'd like to receive this free resource, you can sign up through the link in the show notes or on my website at theexpatmom.com. So as we jump into our topic, I want to start by sharing some of the benefits of traveling with kids. While we tend to associate traveling and family trips with relaxation or vacation, traveling has so many benefits, both for parents and for kids. One group examined 64 studies on family travel and found that travel helps strengthen family relationships, improve communication, and improve a general sense of well-being. Travel offers an opportunity to leave the day-to-day schedules and stress and be together. Many of us tend to get into patterns of behavior, arguing or irritating each other or ignoring each other. But during travel, we're mixing up our patterns. We have to work together to get where we need to go. And it gives us a chance to see each other differently and interact differently. In addition, travel allows us to make family memories. Our brains remember new or novel things. So when we experience something new with our kids, we're much more likely to create memories from it. Travel allows kids to experience different ways of seeing the world. They see that different people think and act differently. It gives families new things to talk about and explore, and it can also encourage tolerance and empathy. When we were on a US history tour on the East Coast of the United States, my kids were really worried about many of the homeless people we encountered. My kids gave them money and we had some important discussions about homelessness. Traveling tends to increase curiosity. When a child has experienced something firsthand, it's so much more interesting to learn about. Before we visited Korea, we discussed Korean culture and dress. My kids were semi-interested in it. But when we actually got there and got to go try on the beautiful Korean clothing and take pictures at one of their traditional palaces, my kids were riveted. They wanted to know everything. Having experiences with places helps us connect other things we're learning. One of our daughters was asked to select a topic to discuss social movements and protests. Having just visited the Viet Cong tunnels in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, she decided to write a report on the U.S.-Vietnam War and protests for social studies. Her interest in the topic and her understanding were so much richer because the topic was related to a very real experience for her. Traveling helps kids be more flexible and adaptable. Travel rarely goes as plans. Flights get delayed, bad weather changes plans, traffic slows things down. Food is different than expected. While this is irritating and a hassle in the moment, it can also be a fantastic opportunity for kids to learn flexibility and adaptability. It's also a great chance to model dealing with setbacks as a parent. One time we were traveling and one of our daughters got sick. We were all disappointed as we had really looked forward to being together as a whole family but my husband and I traded off staying with our daughter who was sick while the other one took the older kids out to see things. It turned out to be a fun chance to have one-on-one time with our sick daughter and the other had a great time touring around with our older kids. Looking back, I think it was on that trip that our two oldest kids really bonded after a lot of years of irritating each other. I think it was partially because they were out touring together for a few days with just the two of them. Sometimes silver linings can turn out to be huge gold nuggets. And it helped kids see that just because there's a setback doesn't mean it has to be terrible. In addition, traveling is a totally different experience through the eyes of children. They see things from a different perspective, both because they are shorter and they literally see different things and because they are children and the way they interpret the world is totally different from how we see it as adults. I remember when we took our 18-month-old and traveled to China to visit the terracotta warriors in Xi'an. My 18-month-old took one look at the hundreds of terracotta warriors and yelled out, Mommy, look at all those dollies! Traveling with children really can be a magical experience if you know how to have the right mindset and you know how to prepare and navigate travel for kids. Many years ago, my sister and brother-in-law did some traveling with us. My brother-in-law saw a sign that said, Get your happy travel mood. Ever since then, our family has joked about bringing along our happy travel moods, just like we bring along our water bottles. But the truth is there are some specific things that can help create a happy travel mood. I'm going to share some things that you can do before you travel, during travel, and after travel that can help create a happy travel mood. So before you travel, there's a few things that can really improve your experience. First, consider giving kids ownership to help decide where to go. One expat mom I knew would give her kids choices between two destinations and let the kids choose. In our family, usually my husband and I choose the destination, but we like to include our kids in the planning of which activities or places we will visit when we're on the trip. And if we're considering missing school, we try to talk with our kids and decide if or when we should miss school. They like having a say. We found that once it's planned, places are often so much more interesting when you know what you're seeing, especially if there's related history or culture or other important information. Sometimes the anticipation can be just as fun or more fun than the actual trip. In the weeks leading up to the trip, we try to chat about where we're going to be going. We might watch a short YouTube video about one of the sites that we'll be seeing or learn interesting facts about it. At Family Movie Night, we watched Mulan before we went to go see The Great Wall. This helps build excitement about the upcoming trip. Sometimes we'll also learn language basics. We try to learn hello, goodbye, thank you, please. It's amazing how far these little basics can get us. Sometimes we'll also learn other words. So, for example, when we traveled in Australia, we learned that the word ripper means really great. A mosquito is a mozzie and a gas station is a servo. My kids had so much fun trying to use the local lingo. The other thing that can really help with travel is preparing your kids for differences about the place that you'll be going. If they're gonna have different types of toilets or different types of food or customs, a few simple discussions can go a long way in helping your kids feel prepared for what they will encounter. My light-haired children always seem to be a point of interest in Asia. People love to take pictures of them. Talking about it first has helped them decide what they're comfortable with and how to handle the situation when people want to take photos. Managing our expectations is important for adults, too. It can be important to define what a, quote, successful, unquote, trip looks like. Travel success as a childless couple might look very different from travel success with young kids, and again, very different from travel success with older kids. I remember once we went to go see the Teotihuacan Pyramids in Mexico City, We were so excited to explore this amazing ancient architectural feat with our kids. Only to find that the zillions of stairs were exhausting, and the kids were much more interested and focused on the necklace vendor than they were on the pyramids. One of our daughters even used her own money to buy a necklace for her and for her sister. It was so sweet. Really, as I took a step back, that was travel success right there. It was different than what I had expected success to look like it was perfect. When it comes to the actual experience of travel, there are a few things that can really make a difference in making travel enjoyable. The first is choosing the right pace. Going slower than you might expect really decreases some of the stress and hurry. If you've built in time to dawdle, then you can stop when your young child wants to collect rocks or look at a ladybug, or you can stop when a teen wants to shop. Choosing a slower pace can actually mean a more enjoyable time because everyone in the family can enjoy it. Kids often need time to decompress and take breaks. Travel often requires walking a lot and visiting new places which shakes mental energy. Having time to swim at the hotel or nap or play or come back early for a movie can be a big energy boost to everyone in the family. One family I know plans busy days to alternate with more chill days when they're doing a sightseeing type of trip. There's definitely a trade-off when you choose a slower pace, and that is that you won't be able to see everything. And that's okay. With kids, often quality is worth so much more than quantity. This has been a hard-learned lesson for my husband and I, who love to fit everything in. We constantly have to remind ourselves that quality and enjoyable pace is so much better than seeing everything. The next thing that can help make an enjoyable vacation is the nature of the activities. Kids respond so well to active types of activities versus passive ones. So for example, on a trip that we took to Yunnan, China recently, we walked through a lot of Buddhist temples. They were beautiful, but our kids got pretty tired of them quickly. In contrast, riding horses on the Tibetan plain captivated them. So trying to find opportunities that are more active and more novel experiences can really help keep kids engaged. This is because instead of kids thinking, oh, this is so boring, they're engaged in figuring out the new physical activity. In addition, kids love to be in charge or be involved. I find that kids about age 5 to 12 or so love things like scavenger hunts, junior ranger packets, license plate bingo. Any sort of puzzle to solve or page to fill out really helps keep them interested. In our family, before we travel to another country, we sometimes assign our kids reports. They prepare something simple, and when we arrive at the place, they share their information. It sounds maybe like kids might resist what seems more like schoolwork, but our kids actually love it. They become very protective of their report and their information, and they get so excited to share it. They feel so much more ownership over where we're going and our other kids tend to listen to their siblings, even more so than they do to my husband or I. Sometimes my littlest one gave a report on the history of dumplings. When we traveled to Beijing recently, she was so excited to present. And the irony was she doesn't even like dumplings. Another thing that can make travel really enjoyable is to add fun. Fun is a wonderful way to build connection between kids and parents and siblings. According to a 2011 study, fun improves trust and communication between two people. Laughing Together sends a nonverbal message, we are alike, we share the same values. A few months ago, we visited the Great Wall of China, and we stopped and played hide-and-go-seek in the shade of one of the guard towers in order to catch our breath and boost the mood a little bit. Our kids, who had just been complaining about being so hot and tired, were suddenly squealing with delight as they ran and hid and were discovered. The kids had a wonderful time. Something else you can do to add more fun is to pair fun things with not so fun things. So for example, on a museum day that I know might be long for the kids, we might plan to stop at a fun ice cream shop. One study shows that people who have fun together feel less negative emotions, even when the stress around them is higher. And we all know travel can be stressful. If you have children who crave consistency or children who are more prone to anxiety or ADHD or have autism, these types of children really thrive on structure. So let me add an additional few suggestions for traveling with kids who need structure. You might consider bringing along some routines from your normal life into your travel. Even if you have to modify them a bit, consider creating consistent things that the kids can plan on. So for example, if you read a story at home before bed, consider reading a story on your trip. If you can't bring books along with you, download an app with books or Kindle editions. I know sometimes our family will bring along a book to read at night, and my husband and I will read to the kids before they fall asleep. Another example of structure or routine could be, for example, spending an hour seeing something, going to the bathroom, having a snack, repeat. Kids learn to expect that they can kind of spend some time sightseeing and then they know they'll have a chance to go to the bathroom and get a snack. It becomes a predictable routine. We also tend to forget that kids don't know the plan. We figure it doesn't really matter to them. But even if they aren't making the plan, knowing it in advance can help them feel prepared and know what to expect. It can be normal for kids to be more clingy or reserved during travel. They're out of their comfort zone. Pushing kids to do things independently can sometimes make their anxiety worse. Instead, if you notice your child being a little bit more clingy, consider encouraging them to try while doing it with you. Sometimes this can help kids adjust more quickly. When problems come up, when weather changes, let kids be part of the problem-solving and decision-making about what to do. One time, we were planning to arrive at a hotel around 6 p.m. We had planned to go to a restaurant for dinner and then go to bed. But our flight was delayed and the taxi took longer to arrive than we expected. There weren't many restaurant options around. However, there was an ice cream freezer across the street. Given that it was already 9 p.m. and we were all tired, I asked the kids what they thought we should do about dinner. One of them had the idea to get ice cream for dinner. While it wasn't the healthiest dinner, it was a huge highlight for them. And because they helped think of it, there wasn't the same complaining as if I had told them what we were going to do. Kids like to know what's happening and they like to be helpful in solving problems. It helps them feel more in control. Arriving home after travel is often bittersweet. It's wonderful to be home, but also sad that the trip is ending. As you reflect back on your trip, remember success might look different traveling with kids than it does sans kids. You might not visit as many places or eat as fancy of food. But hopefully you created memories, strengthened relationships, and enjoyed exploring a new place through your children's eyes. While I love to travel with my family, my husband and I have commented that traveling can, at times, be more fun after the fact. In the midst of the travel, especially sightseeing type of travel, it can feel tiring, hot, and stressful, even overwhelming at times. Sometimes, we just don't have time to enjoy all the little moments and experiences that we had hoped for in the midst of travel. But once we get home, it's not too late. Our minds are remarkable storage mechanisms. They can capture experiences and replay them. And we can take an unlimited number of pictures now with the snap of our phone. I find that as we look back at pictures and share memories, I often get to enjoy the trip all over again. Sometimes I even get to enjoy other moments that I didn't quite capture when I was there. Sometimes journaling or making a digital scrapbook or even just turning on a picture slideshow on a Sunday afternoon with the family can be a fun way to relive the experience. Our brains actually have the ability to rewrite our experiences. This is both an advantage and a disadvantage. Every time we think about a past memory, our brain literally takes out the information that's stored and reorganizes it based on how we think about it, interact with it, and tell the story in the moment. Then our brain puts back the story differently than it was before. So in enjoying pictures and talking about it, we literally have the chance to rewrite our experience with our trip. So even rough trips can often turn into funny stories. A friend of mine and her family went on a road trip in China that turned into long, long hours of sitting in miserable traffic. It took significantly longer than expected to arrive, and several of the details went differently than expected. At the time it was infuriating, but after the fact she could look back and laugh at it. Kids can really solidify those amazing family memories about travel experiences. When we take opportunities to talk about them and look at pictures, really, this is the easiest part of travel. And yet it's part of it that many of us never do. In other words, your happy travel mood isn't just for your planning or traveling time. It's for the post trip too as you choose how you wanna look back and re-experience your travel. So to recap, we discussed a few recommendations for before, during, and after travel. Before travel, manage your expectations and define realistic success. Learn about the place you're going and involve your kids. During travel, go at a pace that allows everyone to enjoy rather than constantly rushing. Be sure to include active components and make things fun as much as possible. Support a kid's sense of control by telling him the plan and making travel routines. After travel, continue to enjoy the experience by journaling, looking at pictures and telling stories. So let's take it to our expat exit strategy. This is part of the podcast where we apply the things that we've learned on the episode. Are you taking a trip this summer? If so, think about the trip that you have planned. If you're not planning on taking a trip, think about a past trip that you've taken. What is or was your expectation for success traveling with kids? Do you want to adjust that at all? How can you make the experience more fun and inclusive for kids? Is there anything more active you could add? Could you pair something boring with something fun? And how will you document or continue to enjoy the trip after the fact? If you'd like help navigating travel with kids or help on any other topic, sign up for a free 30-minute mini-session on my website, The Expat Mom. My next mini-sessions are available in early September. In the meantime, you can check out my free video class on how to rewrite your story. Each of us has a story about ourselves, our lives, and our relationships. And our story informs how we see the world and how we feel. If you want to feel better, work on rewriting your story. Not changing what happened, but changing how you think about it. The results are so powerful. You can find this mini class at my website at theexpatmom.com. I'll talk to you next week. If you like what you're learning on this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. I wish that I had had these tools a lot earlier in my life, and I'd love to pass them along to more people who can benefit. I also appreciate when you leave reviews for the podcast. It helps me know my listeners better and understand what you find useful. It also helps the podcast grow. You can find more free resources to improve your relationships and your emotional health on my website at theexpatmom.com and on my Instagram page at theexpatmomcoach.